Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. I've never meant to hurt anybody. I've never meant to put in jeopardy the rest of the population. I've never meant to break any laws WNBA player Brittany Griner has been officially found guilty and sentenced to nine years in prison for drug smuggling and possession out in Russia. Reaction and next steps right now. Welcome to Sidebar presented by Law and Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. This legal decision comes after Griner was detained in February at a Moscow airport for carrying vape cartridges that contained 0.702 grams of cannabis oil. This is a violation of Article 229 of Russia's criminal code. Now, prosecutors were asking for nine and a half years, which is just shy of the 10-year maximum. And in addition to this nine-year sentence to a penal colony, she was fined 1 million rubles, which is about $16,300. Now, Griner had already pled guilty to the drug charges that she was facing, but this trial had to continue nonetheless per Russian law. But right now, there is a question of geopolitical back-channeling to get her home. In particular, there have been talks about trading Griner and Paul Whelan, a U.S. Marine who's been sentenced to 16 years in a Russian prison on espionage charges, to trade them for Russian arms dealer Victor Bout, also known as the Merchant of Death, who's currently serving a 25-year prison sentence in the United States. But it seems that those negotiations have chilled after what the U.S. called a bad faith counteroffer from Russia. Well, to help make sense of this and talk about where we're going next, I have two very special guests with me. I'm joined by Jameson Firestone, an attorney and Russian legal expert, and also attorney Adrian Lawrence, who previously worked as a legal analyst for ESPN, and she is the author of Staying in the Game. It's great to have you both here. Thank you. Thank you. So, Adrian, I'll start with you. You know, what is your reaction to this decision? I mean, we knew that she would be found guilty. The nine years is what everyone's talking about. right? Yes. So we did know that she was going to be found guilty. The fact is that the Russian prison system or the justice system there, when you're looking at damn near a 100 percent conviction rate, it, it really doesn't leave you much in terms of wondering how is this going to ultimately come out and seeing that she's been given nine years that also, it's not shocking to me at all. Uh, the fact is we're in the middle of geopolitical conflict and Russia seems to have a statement to make. And it has made that statement with the conviction of Brittany Griner. Jameson, have these drug laws in Russia always been so strict or is Griner being made an example of? No, they've, they've always been this strict. Uh, we, we had somebody fly through Russia, not even get off the air, not, not even go through, cu- through customs and passport control, but just changing planes with a small amount of marijuana. And she was uh, arrested also, and the Israelis eventually had to trade to get her out. So um, the, the laws are strict. And if Russia thinks that they can get something for you, if you're a high profile person like Brittany is, then you're certainly going to have the book thrown at you in the hardest way possible um, so that they have somebody to trade. So I want to bring up that Griner made a statement uh, before she was officially sentenced. She said, quote, I grew up in a normal house, a normal household in Houston, Texas, with my siblings and my mom and my dad. My parents taught me two important things. One, take ownership for your responsibilities. And two, work hard for everything that you get. That's why I pleaded guilty to my charges. 
I understand everything that has been said against me and the charges against me, but I had no intent to break Russian law. Now, before the sentencing, Griner said on camera that she had hoped for leniency. I made an honest mistake, and I hope that in your ruling that it doesn't end my life here. Adrian, I'm thinking did by pleading guilty, right? Is that leniency? Is that why she got one year taken off instead of 10 years? She gets nine years. So that's what she gets for pleading guilty. Just one year taken off. Is that leniency? You know what? That might be that Russian court's idea of leniency, but it definitely doesn't seem to be what we would consider leniency here in the United States for certain. But I think the situation that we're really in right now is trying to effectuate some kind of prisoner swap. And the fact is that it's very rare for individuals who are in the Russian court system who've not been convicted and sentenced to be parties to a swap. And so we knew that this had to come down the pipe. This had to happen in terms of her conviction and sentence. And, you know, the fact that this Russian court decided on nine years of the possible 10, if they consider that mercy, I don't know what to tell them, but I just considered this part of the necessary process to do whatever we need to do politically in order to get Brittany Griner back on U.S. soil. And I do want to get into the trade talks, but before we do, Jameson, we cover trials on long crime all the time. They're televised. We get to see them. Clearly, that was not the case in this Russian courtroom. We didn't know what was happening. I mean, obviously, there were reports, but we're talking about a different country, different set of laws. Did she have a fair trial in any way? No. And that was to be expected. Look, first of all, Russia has a conviction rate of 99.9%. To be accused is to be convicted. As she explained she was asked to sign things when she didn't know what she was signing and they don't care. They routinely break their own procedural law, things that would have a case thrown out of court because the, the, the procedures weren't followed. They don't care. So to be, con to be accused is to be convicted. And this was, a, and in this particular case, because it's so political, uh, they were going to give her a very long time because if you don't give her a very long time, then there's no reason to trade, right? I mean, if they gave her six months to be lenient, then the U.S. wouldn't be trading, wouldn't be trading a, a, an, arms, an arms smuggler. So uh, there was no fair trial at all. And just to follow up on that, Jameson, is this decided by a judge? I mean, I don't imagine a jury decided. I mean, what, what is the standard? We always talk about beyond a reasonable doubt here in the United States. What do they have? At, at least on the surface, I'm sure there's some burden that you have to follow. Well, on the surface, the judge makes the decision. Uh, in practice, there is no way this judge made this decision. Uh, simply impossible. This judge was told what decision to hand down. No judge would take the responsibility for this highly political case without actually making sure that the authorities approved it because the authorities want to make a trade. And you know what? It kind of makes me wonder, Adrian, the fact that she put up this fight, is this why she got the harsh sentence, right? I mean, sure, she pled guilty, but as Jameson just said, she wasn't read her rights. She didn't know what she was signing. She even called an expert to dispute that she was carrying uh, an illegal amount of drugs, the actual amount. I mean, it raised the question of, did she really meet that threshold of how much she was carrying? So do you think that this pushback actually resulted in her getting a harsher sentence? Well, I think as my colleague noted, to uh, be accused is to be convicted. Uh, I don't necessarily think that anything Brittany Griner did helped or hurt her at all because her conviction was already certain from uh, from the jump, as far as I'm concerned. And when it comes to the sentence that was rendered, again, the, the main goal is a prisoner swap here. So the judges, whatever they'd give 
is what they're looking to please whomever is in their political system who wants to make this happen. And so giving her nine years, uh, it seems to be very much something that is a reflection of creating a situation where the un the U.S. has to work a little bit harder to ensure that Brittany Griner gets out, because if maybe they gave her a year, maybe the U.S. would do less. But now with the reality that she's possibly going to be in this worker camp for nine years, that's something that just uh, gives that incentive for the U.S. to actually deal and come to the table. You mentioned a penal colony. Do we have any understanding of what the conditions are of her detainment moving forward? Uh, it's my understanding that her conditions in terms of being detained weren't necessarily as unfavorable. Um, the thought that she was doing okay. It, it was difficult for me to believe that this woman who is six foot nine would have clothing that fit her, shoes that fit her, especially in a woman's facility, also a bed in which she can sleep in and be comfortable. And um, I, I do know that the women, I guess, that were in the cell with her spoke some English, so she was able to relay with them. Also that there is uh, reports that uh, when she was initially arrested and detained, that she ended up kind of um, getting, uh, creating rapport with the guards and that there were uh, a lot of energy in terms of um, promoting her, so to speak, and lifting her up and speaking well of her as she does these walks to the courthouse. The reality is that we don't necessarily know what it's going to look like in these penal colonies for her and whether there's going to be any regard for her health or safety. So Jameson, Griner's lawyer said, quote, we will certainly file an appeal. We are very disappointed by the verdict. As legal professionals, we believe that the court should be fair to everyone, regardless of nationality. The court completely ignored all the evidence of the defense. And I guess the question is, what does an appeal look like in Russia? Well, I mean, it, it, nothing's going to come of it. But I mean, we're going through formalities now. I mean, you, you make the best case. You, you, you try and present her um, in the best light possible, which is why she kind of owned up to making the mistake. Um, but nothing, nothing is going to come of it. Yeah. I tell you what, I want to switch gears. I want to talk about these back channel deals that are going on to get Griner home back to the United States. And U.S. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken said that the sentence compounds the injustice of her wrongful detention. And as I mentioned before, there was this deal for a prisoner exchange, but it seems that it kind of fell apart. And it's interesting because when they presented Russia with this deal for Griner and Whalen to be exchanged for Russian for uh, Victor Bout. Russia, it seems, wasn't very interested that they presented a counteroffer that the United States called ridiculous. So what does that tell you? Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, I, I'm a bit confused as to why we made the offer before she was convicted, because once you make an offer to Mr. Putin, he knows you're you're interested. So he, he just takes more. Right. It's like Ukraine. He takes some of Ukraine and then he takes a little bit more of Ukraine. So um, the, the counteroffer, which didn't, which my understanding is didn't come through the same channels, but is probably legitimate, is that there was a uh, Russian uh, government assassin who killed a uh, Georgian national from the, from the country of Georgia, uh, who was a, a dissident against the Putin regime. And he was in Germany seeking asylum. And a Russian government assassin went out and killed him, shot him in broad daylight. And so he is now serving, that person, that assassin is now serving a jail sentence in Germany. 
And uh, we were asked to add that to the deal. Now, first of all, we can't ask that to add that to the deal because that, that person is not ours to give. That is a, a person who committed a murder in Germany. And, and I can't imagine the Germans giving him up under any circumstances, and rightfully so. So I think what we're in right now is horse trading, right? Putin's going to keep throwing names out there and see what he can get, the most he can get. And then eventually we'll take a deal. And I assume uh, Victor Booth, the merchant of death, will be part of that deal since he's already on the table. But Adrian, isn't time of the essence here? Yes, on one point, we want to get Griner home as soon as possible for her safety and her well-being. But on the other hand, unfortunately, news cycles change. People, it, people's interests change. And so time is of the essence to make this thing happen right now. But then again, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you let things cool off. You let the attention die down. And we do something behind the scenes. What do you think? Well, I do agree with you most definitely in terms of that, which is in the news cycle is in the forefront of individuals' minds. And so now is the time to strike. At the same time, it could be difficult for the U.S. to get a deal done if Russia continues to reach for things that are not accessible to the U.S. or readily accessible. Also, packaging the deal with Whelan, it can add all these extra um, kind of just other matters that can complicate the deal. Uh, but the fact is that the U.S. needs to strike and it needs to strike now. And the Russians are likely going to take advantage of that. And it really puts a lot of pressure on uh, the U.S. Secretary of State, uh, in large part also because of the things that are going on in our nation in particular, with the midterms coming up, also Brittany Griner being a Black queer woman, um, and how the U.S. handles the situation is incredibly important, especially when it's asking for individuals of a particular demographic to show out uh, when it comes to the vote. So there are so many things going on right now, uh, and it's, it's a really difficult situation to be in. But we're going to see where the U.S., uh, where its priorities lie. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Yeah, the timing of this is very interesting. And just to follow up on that, there is a counter argument here that we can't ignore, and that's that if we make this deal right now, this jeopardizes us in the future. This is the argument that let's say we have an American going abroad or Russian coming here. There's an incentive to grab them, make sure you get a hold of them on something so that they can be a future bargaining chip. If we make this deal with Griner, could there be a slippery slope? Well, I, I think it's a I think it's a 
a legitimate argument, but only when you're talking about certain nations and certain situations. And given the climate of what we're seeing with Russia and its attack on Ukraine, as well as the position it's in facing the sanctions from the United States, and the fact that um, the relationship between the U.S. and Russia is just strained so significantly that, yes, I think we should be especially concerned if there are American citizens uh, who do enter Russia at the same time. We know that the U.S. government has informed Americans not to uh, necessarily go to Russia unless there's something required or they have to be there. But the reality is that there are still Americans who are in Russia who are detained for periods of time, like Mark Fogel, who was found with uh, cannabis as well. And the U.S. did not give anything necessarily to try to bring Fogel back. So I think it's a matter of the situation, the high profile nature of the individual, uh, kind of the cards the U.S. has to deal in the situation, and also the larger geopolitical climate. So I think it'll be rare in circumstances, but I think we need to focus on the fact that there are certain nations in which American citizens are not safe because of the larger geopolitical conflict and the fact that people will be taken hostage or dealt as though they are cards. Jameson, we've been talking about the prisoner trade, but aside from that, do you think that there could be a concession with the war in Ukraine as a deal point here with Griner? Do you think that could happen? What would that look like? Um, they probably want it. They're not going to get it. That's, that's simply not going to happen. Um, we have an international coalition based on sanctions right now and trying to weaken Russia and, and strengthen Ukraine. And I don't think that's on the negotiating table. I don't think that can be on the negotiating table. Um, there are too many... Uh, there are too many it's, Besides being against national interest, there are just too many players involved. When when the U.S. starts to do that, then you've got the Europeans who are going to do something else and the, and the British who are going to do something, and it all falls apart. So I, I think these issues are going to be kept different, but it is uh, traditional, for lack of a better word, to trade people, to trade, to trade people who are being detained, um, and we'll work that out. And I have confidence that we will work it out. Jameson, this is a PR nightmare for Russia. I mean, it has been since even before the war in Ukraine, but obviously after the start of it. Did you ever think that there might be, hey, let's be lenient with Brittany Griner in the eyes of the world. It might be better for us. They haven't done that. They've been pretty straightforward. They feel almost justified in what they're doing. I thought they might be lenient with her in a certain point, but they aren't. Does that surprise you at all? Well, no. I mean, look, I, they're at war. Um, and and they don't they don't have an image to protect anymore. I mean, the only people they're selling their image to are, are the Chinese and the Indians, right? Um, they because they want to keep selling them oil uh, and gas, uh, but but they don't care what their image is right now. I mean, they they have their own narrative. Their narrative is that uh, we've surrounded them and left them with no other choice, right? And, and they and they keep. Uh, it's it's a bit like Hitler during World War II. I mean, they, they bit off parts of Georgia and they, and they got that. And then they bit off Crimea and they occupied part of Ukraine and they got that. And so now they do, they're doing a full-scale invasion and they don't care what anybody thinks. They do care about sanctions, but, but right now they're willing to put up with those sanctions because Mr. Putin has his regime ba uh, you know, based on this now. He can't back down. Yeah, no, Adrian, I guess the question is, what lesson did we learn here? However this shakes up, how do we make sure this doesn't happen in the future? 
Well, I think it can be very difficult, um, again, with the nature of how other countries are operating, and we want to be sensitive to that. But then when we look at the larger picture of even just seeing why Brittany Griner was there um, and the fact that she has played in Russia for, what, some seven seasons, or this would have been her seventh season uh, upcoming, the thing is, is that it stemmed from unequal pay um, between women and men in an industry and knowing that she could get equal pay there in Russia or at least some kind of compensation that is a better reflection of her work product and what she brings. Uh, you know, it's the fact that people in the United States will find themselves in situations where they are in other countries that are not as safe for them simply because they have needs that aren't being met in the U.S. So whether people go abroad looking for health care options that are uh, financially affordable because the U.S. isn't providing that or even medication, job opportunities, this is a reality. And so if anything, I think the message here and maybe what we can learn is that we need to take care of our people better. And we need to actually uh, maybe practice uh, these principles that we preach as a nation. That's a really good point. That's very well said. Uh, Before I let you both go, Jameson, do you think that we are going to see Brittany Griner home within the year? I don't know. I would hope so. I mean, I would really hope so. And I, and I think that, look, the, the number one thing, all this public pressure, without it, nothing would have happened. I, I know that the, the State Department and the government tell you you have to be quiet. If you don't be quiet and you don't get under the president's skin, basically, um, you don't get out. Now, it, it does raise the price because, you know, as, as, as the, more, the more of an issue this is, the higher the Russians want to ask. But on the other hand, if we're not keeping all this media attention up, uh, then she's not coming home. So I, I think that this pressure will be kept up. I think she will get home. And by the way, one thing I wanted to add to which Adrian said, she's played seven seasons there. If she was being paid like an NBA champion, I don't think she'd have a second job in Russia. That's how different the pay scales are. You know, now is not the time to be in Russia. She probably didn't got used to it and didn't realize how high risk it was because you get used to things, right? Like the frog in boiling water, it all seems normal. But um, I, I would hope that we, we, we get her home soon. Adrian, I'll give you the final word. What do you think? Um, I I am hoping that it will certainly be within a year. I think the WNBA is going to do its best to uh, continue to raise her voice and to continue to ensure that people are focused on her. Um, I do think that there are individuals on both political sides or teams, so to speak, who can leverage power to bring her home and may even do so given the elections that are coming up. And so I think that that could potentially work in her favor. But I think at the end of the day, no matter what happens, that the U.S. cannot give up on her, particularly because um, not only is she a gold medalist, but she is an individual who contributes to the United States and uh, its advancement, and it cannot leave her behind. Adrian Lawrence, Jameson Firestone, thank you both so much for coming on and really talking about this subject. It means a lot. And uh, before we let you guys go, Adrian, where can people find you? I am uh, on Twitter at Adrian Law, and I'm also on Instagram at Adrian Lawrence. And Jameson, how about you? Well, I, I work as an attorney in London. It's fdadvisory.com. Thank you so much again. And everyone out there, thank you so much for listening and tuning in. And please subscribe to Sidebar on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Sidebar is produced by Sam Goldberg, YouTube manager Robert Zoki, Alyssa Fisher as our booking producer and video editor Michael Deininger. I'm Jesse Weber. Speak to you next time.